Oh, it's like Cinderella, except with ugly middle-aged dudes. Chickens' lives are cheap, and they're expendable. There are a lot of large phalluses in this movie. You're getting the hot wax treatment on your taint. Uh, like, dun, dun, dun. <laughs> Gummo cross with a trauma movie. <laughs> uh, we can't have one show without anal probes. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Movie Freaks, the only podcast on the net hosted by champions. The Lake Erie Monsters brought us home the Calder Cup, Cleveland Cavs are world champs, Indians are in first place, and the Browns, well, anyway, the drought's over, curse broken. Amen. Uh, I'm Eric Warner. I'm Eugene Weaver. Hey, man, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Just got right. off uh, work and uh, still kind of on a high from the Cleveland Cavaliers pulling it off. Uh, that is one for the record books there. Literally, literally one for the record books. Yes, indeed. It was a monumental win. One for the absolute ages. And I know that you're not a huge sports guy, and I'm not even a huge basketball guy, but you have to really sit back and marvel at that victory because uh, in the finals, you have to win four games of seven. So the first person to win four games wins. And nobody has ever come back from a 3-1 deficit in the history of the finals ever. So they go up two, then we win one, then they go up another one, and we're facing elimination. We win. We win. <laughs> we win. And not only did we win, we win in their house, which they set, yes. they set the world re- record for most wins ever. They only lost nine times in their house, and they had 73 wins. That's um, that is amazing. Mind blowing. And not only, and then at the last four minutes of it, I was, me and every other Cleveland person was losing our freaking shit because they didn't score for, nobody, nobody scored for like three and a half minutes. It was just tied. 89, 89. It was like, oh my God. Oh my God. Come on. Come on. And then I started, oh no. Oh no. It's going to be a buzzer beater and we're going to lose. And uh, the curse continue, but nope. Those boys brought it out. Fantastic. That was amazing. It was so great. I was literally in tears. I, and that says something for me that a sports fan can, I mean, I was enthralled. Yep. Like, holy shit, what is going to happen? <laughs> I love so. it. I love it. Uh, but, and the parade's tomorrow. Half tempted if I could somehow go, but I'm, you know, I'll be honest, not much of a basketball fan. So I, I root for Cleveland, obviously, and the curse is now over. What a great feeling, though. Fantastic. Yeah. But that's not what we're here to talk about, as this is not a sports show, although you wouldn't know it from all the times that we talk about sports. Exactly. Somehow we just work it into everything. Uh, okay. <laughs> uh, let's get on to the roulette, where we talk uh, about movies and, yeah, talk about movies. Genius. Uh, we try and find those gems in the rough uh, and avoid the grenades. Last week it was... Uh, we had a bit of a snafu. It was a, It's my turn to go first. Genius. I I'm picked, still trying to figure out what happened there, by the way. Yeah, I don't know. I, I picked Raiders, this documentary about Raiders of the Lost Ark, and then I went to watch it, and it was not on, or the Raiders fan film. It was not on Netflix anymore, so I had to pick something else, and I ended up going with Dark Web just because it was short, and why not? Maybe it'll be kind of painless, hopefully, we'll see, versus The Abandoned. Um, yes, so, Dark Web... This was a movie about uh, not really much of a dark web. Very generic kind of plot where it's a uh, man hunting the most dangerous 
animal of all kind, man. And we haven't seen that before, or yeah. have we? We've seen it before. But uh, in this particular entry, it's mostly set in Eastern Europe, in which a model with perfect hair and makeup and uh, Victoria's Secret underwear pretends to be a, a lowly Eastern European sheep herder. Oh, jeez. And they select her to be hunted by rich idiots, and then broadcast on the quote-unquote dark web. Oh, boy, the first half of this movie, I was or first half an hour, I was like, uh, okay, here we go. I was just waiting for the asylum to come up, and then I'd be like, I'm done, I'm out. But that didn't happen, and it was better than that. Okay, good. Um, there was lots of explaining in this movie where there did not need to be, where it's like, hold on, hold on, let me tell you about the dark web and how we broadcast and how we set up cameras all over the woods where we're going to hunt them so that we can broadcast. And it's like, I I get it. it <laughs> was it padding? Was it just to pad the runtime? Oh, I mean, maybe, but this thing was 89 minutes. I mean, it was barely pushing 90, so it, I, I didn't feel like they had to do that much. It just felt like the way it was written... They really wanted to explain this shit to you, uh, with a lot of cliches as well. Cliched lines I wrote down here. Um, the hunters all meet for the first time, and then they're bumping and acting all alpha male and arguing, and then the person that brought them together comes in and goes, Oh, I see you've met. Ha ha, because I haven't heard that line a million times. Uh-huh. Uh, there's no business like show business. Ha ha, it enters. What? Send to dark web. Um, and then wishes them off. Happy hunting. Yeah, like, yeah, just extremely cliched lines. Yeah. Uh, you know, there, there's a lot of low budget techniques that you can use. According to IMDb, the budget on this thing was a million dollars. So that was, uh, you know, when you're a third of the way through the movie and you start doing that kind of research, you know where my attention span is. Oh, it's like, yes. oh, let's go to Wikipedia and see what's in this and who's that and snore. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, you know, again, was not Asylum bad. It was not that bad. It, it And it felt like everybody was trying. So yeah. it, it that gives the whole thing a tone that's completely different than these very bad movies that we watch. And I'm still going to give it a thumbs down. It's not, it's not the worst thing I've ever watched, but it's not going to get a passing thumbs up or anything. Yeah. They did do some very creative things like... You know, when the asylum has to use bad CGI explosions and crap, they're up front and center, and it just is horrible. When they, they only did it a couple of times in this movie, and when they had to do it, they did it like, oh, he dives behind a tree for protection from the explosion, and then it goes off, and you only see a bit of it, and so it's less obnoxious with the bad CGI. Yeah, I, so, I like that. I can appreciate yeah, that. Yeah, I can too. I'm like, you're trying. It's not yeah. good, but you're still okay. Um, now, uh, back to the uh, lead actress, who I, I was like, I, I know you from something. I swear I know you from something. I Did I? No, I didn't. Her name is Petra something. My Netflix isn't coming up. And I was like, you you have to be an, a model, because you're not an actress, clearly, um, from this. Yeah. Or, you know, you're in this million-dollar budget thing. Everybody's got to start somewhere. I get it. Yeah. Uh, and then that led me down a rabbit trail, which we're going to get to. Oh, it's going to kick okay. us off for the next segment. Okay. She's a DJ. And I thought that was interesting. So maybe I should go check out some of her stuff. And we'll put a pin on that until we get to the next segment. Okay. Uh, she's a very attractive girl, but it just, yeah, it, your hair is just flawless. And Victoria's Secret underwear when she's forced to do her little 
put on these clothes and get out of your filthy sheep farmer rags. And it's like, so you take that off and you have $200 underwear. Yeah, instead of granny panties. Yeah, Yeah. right. Uh (laughs) Sure. So anyway, Dark Web is a thumbs down, but I'm not bringing the hate on it. I'm just sort of meh on it. And okay. Pat, you can pass on it. You don't need to waste your time. Okay, good. There's nothing for you there. Uh, okay. The Abandoned. Okay, well, unfortunately, we're going to have very, very similar reviews. Uh, and I've I've talked about this type of movie ad nauseum at this point. Um, basically, it's one of those, kind of like you said, probably a million dollar budget, if that. Um, a couple actors, somehow they managed to get pa- uh, Jason Patrick in this, but Set a couple actors, like very minimal cast, in a single location, and boom, you got yourself a movie. And there's so many of these anymore on Netflix. That's just the cheap way out, it seems. Uh, you get a spiffy HD camera, and you have some spiffy HD shots, and pad the runtime, and boom, you get yourself a horror movie. And that's what this is, The Abandoned. It's some... Uh, some disturbed woman uh, that that has uh, I don't know some bogus bullshit whatever uh, <laughs> you know you know like whatever she's got issues and it's because of this and this and this and yeah whatever and so she gets a job at this um, so the whole at- runtime you're questioning is it her sanity or they're actually ghosts yes yeah that's the movie or is is she crazy or is it ghosts in this place and. Jason Patrick is a prick uh, in the movie. I mean, he's good, but he's like I didn't like him, and he his character was unlikable, and I didn't even like I didn't like anybody in the movie. Uh, but having said that, this is not Asylum bad. It's it's competently made. It looks good, and then here's a couple of ghosts and loud jump scares that are startling, not scary. And then there's the twist, the 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 very obvious twist ending. Uh, that I'm like, oh, that was okay for a twist. I kind of saw that coming, but eh, whatever. And, uh, I mean, honestly, it's hard for me to remember all of the bits and pieces. There's a homeless guy that shows up that somehow ties into it and his dog and then the ghosts and eh. Do you think you start to care less when you know it, it could all be in her mind? You stop Oh, yes. Yeah. Cause I'm like, oh, this is going to be one of those. And yeah, it's. They're, they're just, they're a dime a dozen on Netflix. There's so many of them and there's so few that are actually good, but they are out there. This is not one of them. It's not awful. It's, it's, I mean, I was, it moved along pretty good and it looked good and it, the acting wasn't terrible or anything like that, but it was just kind of whatever, just another generic, a generic horror movie, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, well, you love so, to watch them. Yeah, I know, I know. You, you uh, had good options, but yeah, you, you, yep. it's a trap, Admiral. It, yeah, it's a trap. <laughs> <laughs> At least it's another one off my queue. Yep. Oh, yeah, that is definitely one that uh, you would not last more than 15, 20 minutes. I, I vetted it, though. The trailer did look decent, and I was like, hey, Jason Patrick, he's still alive. Yeah. Uh, why not, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Okay, yeah. let's get on to the next round, because I got a lot okay. of stuff for the next two segments I want to talk about. So I'm trying to get through the roulette tonight. Uh, first up is a documentary, I Am Thor. Former bodybuilder John Mickle Thor became a rock star in the 70s and after a disappointing retirement, attempts to regain his heavy metal glory. And I'm like, hmm, combining both wrestling and metal, 
Yeah, I think I can throw that one at Eugene. No problem there. <laughs> um, ah, my Netflix is slow as crap tonight. Uh, Rabid Dogs is a remake. You might be able to tell me more about this one. Um, and I, I was convinced that my friends online were giving this like extremely high praise or something, and then I went looking for it and found nothing. So maybe it's just all in my head and I'm confusing it with another movie. Oh. Uh, and uh, everything on the internet says this is kind of like a three out of five and like, mm -hmm. eh. and because it, the only reason that I actually lobbed it your way because it sounds so cool is because I think it's French and therefore going to be subtitled. And I tend to yeah. veer from that on the roulette, but maybe, you know, the synopsis of it better. Uh, heist. I do. Yes. And it, yeah, it's, it is the, uh, French remake of, of Mario Bava's rabid dogs, AKA kidnapped. Cause there's actually two versions of Mario Bava's That's movie. Right. So uh, yeah, it's a it's a heist gone wrong, and the they're trapped in a car. Is is the uh, that's Mario Bava's version, uh, which I really really enjoyed immensely. That was a really good movie with a solid uh, a solid final act. In fact, the the last act made that movie. Cool. Uh, so. Lastly, Synchronicity, which was on a week or yep. two ago, another low budget time travel affair. But it's one of those that I keep pausing on and I I, yeah. I try not to throw them on multiple weeks in a row the same pick but I keep going by and I'm like mm, and it's, yeah. uh, it's on the roulette yep over to you cool okay so for you first up I have The Great Hypnotist from 2014 a hypotherapy session turns into a battle of wills when an arrogant doctor tries to treat a woman who claims to see dead people and this Looks like a Chinese movie, I believe. Korean, I would guess. Korean, okay. Uh, so it's it sounds cool. It's an hour and forty minutes. Um, so there you go. That's the first one. Uh, next up is The Giver. This just popped up on on Netflix. In fact, I got an email from Netflix about this. Hey, guess what? We got this movie. Uh, right now that you might be interested in the giver. It bombed in theaters and we got it cheap. So you, yeah. So, Hey, <laughs> but Hey, Jeff Bridges, Meryl Streep is in it, which is something, uh, in the future society without hardship or free choice, young Jonas discovers a powerful truth and becomes determined to expose it. Uh, but you, you are right. It did get a theatrical release, got some big names in it. So you never know. It's an hour and 37 minutes. And last, but not least, well, maybe least. Actually, yeah, eh, last and least is Cold in July. Uh, this one here, I threw it. I threw it at you like a week or two ago. I uh, yeah, I know. And, and like it does. Uh, I mean, Michael C. Hall, Sam Shepard. Like, eh, uh, that's a roulette. <laughs> yep. When a man kills a home invader in self defense, the burglar's father continues to terror uh, the the terror by threatening the victim's young son. Mm -hmm. So. I mean, that's an hour and 50 minutes, so that's much more of a gamble, in my opinion, but you never know. That's all right. I threw it at you not too long ago, so it's still on my queue. And The Great Hypnotist I was surprised by because I just read the synopsis. I just kind of breezed over it uh, when I saw it pop up on Netflix, and I was like, ah, I'm not really interested in a doc about hypnotists. That's, yeah. And then I went and watched the trailer because you threw it on there, and I was like, oh, it's not a documentary. It's a Korean film, yeah. sci-fi, and it looks... Pretty sweet. Yeah. Um, the Giver is also in my queue. And actually, my wife, I think, read that book. It's one of those popular kind of tween mm. things. and uh, But it was one that she had happened to read. And 
I, so I went and watched that trailer again. You know what? I'm going to take the giver. Oh, are you? Okay, My cool. expectations are low, uh, but it's a sci-fi kind of thing, and I'm kind of in the mood for that right now. Uh, yeah, and, you know, it, it, it's probably going to be another, you know, Maze Runner type, just a, a second-tier tween type yeah, thing. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, okay. What are you picking? Um, okay, so for me, um, boy, you, you threw some really good good movies my way um oh man it is literally like neck and neck i am thor and rabid dogs and even one of us is going to watch that uh synchronicity at some point Mm, all three of those i think we'll watch at some point or another yeah uh here's the thing i mean it's a toss-up i'm gonna probably have watched both of those by next roulette so which one should be the official one because i'm gonna watch both of them guaranteed um you tell me which one you're going to watch for... I don't know. <laughs> um, I suppose because it's a Mario Bava remake, I'll watch Rabid Dogs first, but I'm going to review both. I am Thor. I, I'm sure of it. I mean, come on. That's all me. <laughs> yeah, I actually started it the other night, and I dozed off because it was really late, but uh, I had already began that thing, and it will, oh, okay. it will probably get finished. Okay. Oh, cool. Well, then we'll both be able to chime in on that one. No, I'm, not saying, I'm not saying it'll be finished by next week. I mean, if you're going to watch it, but, shit, yeah. I'll, I'll just sit back. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I feel like I'm um, just buried under stuff that I'm dying to watch right now. Between the stuff Netflix has been adding and uh, the Blu-rays on my shelf and stuff you're giving me. And oh, I, I have so much good stuff that I want to watch. It's crazy. And uh, doesn't Batman vs. Superman Extended come out here next week? I believe that's the digital version, and the I don't think the I don't know the because uh, I pre-ordered it, so I don't know when I get my hard copy. I think there's a few weeks in between the digital download and the actual mm. Blu-ray that you order, so I don't know how that works. I know that sometimes other people I know they they send them their blue uh, the Voodoo codes early, mm. but nah, I don't know. Which I would guess that even if you get the Voodoo code early, you're probably going to hold off. Until the Blu-ray, I'll probably not. No, it's a Batman movie. I'm going to watch it multiple times. That's inevitable. Yeah, <laughs> I've watched Batman Begins about more times than I can count because I saw that movie and I was like, finally, that's the Batman I know. And then I got the DVD and I just watched it every night going to bed. <laughs> uh, <laughs> great. Film. I'm so so curious about this extended version. I am too. Yeah. Okay, that wraps it up for this round of the roulette. Not next week. Not next episode, but the episode after will be Rabid Dogs and The Giver. Because next episode's going to oh, be yes. a commentary. I don't know what yet, because we're still hashing that out, but it will be a film commentary. Okay, back to Dark Web for just a minute. That uh, quote-unquote actress's name was Petra Silander, and I wish her all the best when I say that. I Keep working on your craft, and I know you got to start in the million-dollar shitty films, but yeah. keep working on it. There was plenty of potential there for her. It just, she, you could tell she was raw and uh, poorly, not poorly cast, just the wrong look for that character. Yeah. It was just, I, I don't buy it. You look like a model. Uh, anyway, so looking into her and her DJ skills and whatever, I was like, yeah, I, I'll, I'll, I just got to investigate this a little more because I'm half bored by the movie. Read me, led me down a rabbit hole of the internet that I, it happens from time to time. You click on one thing, leads you to another, to another, to another. Next thing you know, I'm oh on a website called SoundCloud, which is a pretty popular website, very 
well-known. I've seen it pop up on my stuff from time to time of this, that, and the other thing. Very, It's a le- completely legit site where, um, think of it as MySpace minus what MySpace is now minus the uh, social media interaction. It's just about music, just about bands, uh, podcasts, people being able to bring their stuff and get it out there to the masses. Cool. So you can set up for your band site and sell or give away your music. Looking at some of her stuff, I noticed, oh, free download. And she does electronic DJ stuff, which I'm into. Okay, well, I'll uh, free free tracks. Okay, I'm poor. I'll take whatever I can get for free. Uh, that's legal, because I do legal. Yeah. And I found not only tracks, but albums. And that led me from one thing to another thing to another thing to... Uh, from her. From her and various other artists. It, it just kind of, I was... Oh, if you like this, you might like this. And then I found another album. Oh, if you like that, you might like... Th- I haven't listened to this stuff in depth yet. I just kind of was running... It's a very unintuitive site. It's it's one of those where it's kind of bitchy to find what you're really kind of looking for. Okay. So I'm not giving it any props on its design. But okay. still, if you're giving me legal free stuff, then I'm in. Okay. Um, Which led me to... Which led you to the alien invasion taking Mm, place right now, above your house. Yep, here they come. We're all done. Ah, they're spraying for bugs. Good. Wow. Okay. I'm just waiting till they're around the bend. My door gets kicked in, bright lights, and then we can come taking the kids and... Men in black and <laughs> anal anal probes and uh, we can't uh, have one show without anal probes. I oh I know I know. <laughs> we we'd quit we'd quit going back to that card, but it's just so popular. It's such a popular thing. It's just where we're at in our life. <laughs> just please shove something up my ass. Yeah. <laughs> oh, okay. Preferably by a tall, weird-looking alien. Oh, it's the only way I like it. Yes, I know. Yep. <laughs> Me too. Okay, now that that noise has passed, what was I talking about? Oh, uh, SoundCloud and, yes, downloading of, of things, which one of the things that was on my rabbit trail for uh, a week or two ago, and I said it's too big, I want to save it for the next episode, was acceptable piracy. Now, there are a lot of people out there, most notably, in at least in my crap, is Lexi Alexander is a, a, a director. She directed Punisher Warzone, Green Street Hooligans, and she is very much for piracy. She's been very vocal about it, and she thinks it, of it as the 21st century version of promotion. And there is an argument to be had for that, because a lot of the pirates that go pirate this crap, if they like something, they go buy it, I guess, that, according to her. In my world circles, not so much. People just pirate shit because it's free, and they think if it's on the internet, therefore it's free. I'm very much against pirating as a musician and an artist and whatever I've you know done. It's it's very hard to sell your crap when people can get it for free. And the second it's mm-hmm. on the internet, goodbye. Good luck. Yep. Um, and I know that's not very popular, especially with the internet crowd and uh, movie crowd and everything, but uh, it is what it is. Now, there are a few exceptions that I have to that. Uh, as somebody who is violently against piracy, as you well know I am, because I talk about it all yep. the time. I just don't usually talk about it in a public forum. Yeah. Because I get hate. Uh, free the world! Free everything! It's like, you know, people worked hard to create that, and it's like, you should give them money <laughs> for their art. Um, yep. 
But the places where I do find it acceptable, stuff that is un- unattainable by legal means. For example, uh, I'm trying to pull something. I, I have about five. I, I, I don't want to speak too much about what we have done and what we have. No, but, I, I got you. Um, I got you. Because I don't want to be you know, brought up on charges or anything. But <laughs> I do have maybe five movies or so that are illegally obtained. And now I have a collection of uh, around 2,000 movies. So bear that in mind. I buy the legal versions, the legal copies that I can, but they're, uh, the only way to attain certain versions of these films are through illegal means. I'm just going to make some up. Uh, I Honestly, this isn't one of them, but the director's cut of Silent Night, Deadly Night. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay. The director's cut, the original version that screened of Kill Bill. Uh, the whole bloody affair, the like four hour version or three and a three quarter hour version or whatever that before he split it into two movies, just to name a couple of things. It's like the second you release this shit in a legal capacity for me to purchase, I will be there day one pre-ordering it to date. It doesn't exist. So you know what? In that respect, I say go for it because they're just sitting back and I don't, I don't know what the problem is, if it's legal means or whatever the hell of the problem is, but. Come on, release the shit so we can buy it. There are fans out there that want to buy it. So yeah. that is the only, pretty much the only time where I'm like, go ahead, man. I mean, I know that there's uh, live performance stuff from bands where it's I'm kind of wishy-washy on. It's like, it's a live recording. Who gives a shit? Go ahead. Yep. But uh, hey, if the artist wants to make money off it, they can go ahead and release it as a thing to sell and make money off of it. Yeah. Does that make sense? It does. Yes, very much so. Um, you know, and with YouTube anymore, it's like you can find a plethora of things on YouTube. And I don't get how some of these can just be up to watch. I mean, you just click on 80s, 80s slasher movies and a bazillion 80s slasher movies pop up to watch full movies. Uh, and a lot of them seem to be VHS rips. And I'm guessing that's because they have never been released to DVD, or if they have been released to DVD, they are so far along out of print that uh, that you either have to pay a, a shitload of money just to get this out of print DVD or VHS. Where we'll get VHS. And recently watched, we are going to be discussing a film that the director's cut was only released on VHS. It never made it to DVD or Laserdisc, and I haven't seen it, and... I am tempted to go try and find the VHS, but if I couldn't and it was on YouTube, I'd watch it. Uh, yeah. That being said, there are a lot of freaking movies on YouTube. How are we banned from YouTube? The amount of shit that I can find on there for free. Every uh, musical album that is, re- uh, is released legally within minutes is on YouTube. I could just do my little recording device and record it right off of YouTube. Granted, the quality yeah. wouldn't be as good, but it's still negligible. I don't oh, yeah. do that, but I'll tell you what, I've been sorely tempted because I see that new album from Clutch or The Sword or something pop up and I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> and I'm like, nope, I don't do it. I I go find it somewhere else. I buy it cheap and I buy it legally and I, I still kind of kick myself, but I'm like, you know what? Those, those motherfuckers got to eat too. Yeah. Uh, Anyway, how is that legal though? Or it's it, not. They, they just don't have enough people to block and ban and kick it off. It's the internet. It's too big and piracy. Except for our show. Yeah. Except for our show. <laughs> Except for movie freaks. We're too big. Yes, we're too. Yeah, 
Yep. Uh, no, but I mean, the fair use thing, the where's the fair use movement that everybody's been complaining about on, on YouTube because a lot of uh, studios and bands flag people for shit that they shouldn't. And it's uh, YouTube just bans people willy nilly. That's why we're not on YouTube anymore. We got banned on a willy nilly thing. And yeah. it's, it's not fair to us because we were uh, under our rights using fair use and they didn't. They won't respond to me anymore. So it, not that it matters anymore. But, yeah. um, it's Skynet, dude. It's they, <laughs> Skynet's taken over and they, they got us. They, they know, hey, we got to shut down Will the resistance. Shut up? Quit talking about this yeah, shit on the show. Oh, yes. Anyway, next next topic. Yeah. We love Skynet. We are Skynet <laughs> yes. fans. Yeah. <laughs> Vote for Trump. We are. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> we are not political. In any, yeah. <laughs> please don't do that. Uh, he won't get us banned from iTunes. He'll just come to our house and kill our dog or some shit. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes. I am going to build a bigger internet. It will be bigger and it will be better, and I will make Mexicans pay for it. Yes. <laughs> oh man, this uh, officially the wheels are slowly but surely oh, just kind yeah. of anyway. Anything else for piracy do you, that you want to talk about, or do you? Uh, I mean, we're I mean, we we discussed Star Wars a little bit because that's like there's the, there's the another big... perfect example that okay, uh, Star Trek that last uh, not last but that Star Trek movie with uh, Bane that they cut forty minutes out of. Oh, Nemesis! If they ever somebody piece that together, oh, I'm I'm all about that dude. Yeah. But yeah, hey, that that's that's forty minutes of footage that was that was jettisoned from that movie. That's ridiculous. It's yeah, ridiculous. Anyway, between that, uh, the despecialized Star Wars. That's another one. Again, don't feel bad about because um, we own. Uh, how many versions do you own? I still oh, own my man. VHS box set. I own my Laserdisc box set. I'll, I didn't buy the Blu-rays because I was waiting for. Uh, the sale happened right around that time. I don't know. It was kind of expensive for that set. Uh, it's still like 80, 90 bucks. And then the, yep. the sale happened and I was like, well, now I'm just going to sit back and wait. Cause eventually they'll release the theatricals. And so I'll just, I'll just... I've got multiple versions of them. Yeah. I, don't you have my, my versions of, uh, the laser discs? Did you buy those off of me then? I think no, maybe, no, no. I bought mine from video connection where you used to work. Oh, okay. So I might even still have mine. Yeah. In a box somewhere stored. Yeah, because yeah, I got I, VHS, Laserdisc, DVD, Are you sure you're, I, I think yours are the special editions, though. No, they could be. I don't I They're stored in a box in the basement <laughs> somewhere. So, yeah, but I yeah, bought I, Video Connection's Laserdisc collection after you moved and they were shutting down. I bought their collection for a couple hundred bucks. They gave me a Laserdisc player and, like, I don't know, uh, 30, 30 Laserdiscs. And in there was the original. It's still, to date, the only legal versions of the unaltered widescreen Dolby surround versions. Yeah. So, you know, I, I don't know for, to, for me, it's like, especially with the star Wars and what, what and we talked about this before. So I don't want to spend too much time about yeah. star Wars, but, but uh, you know, a group of people like scoured the earth for different sources to compile this historical, uh, to me, it's a, a, a historical, what are you going to call document, it? Like a, document. <laughs> I, yeah, it is literally, and it's the only way to watch it in like literally in a high definition, uh, and it looks beautiful. And it's like the the day that those are officially released, as long as 
Uh, and I'm not sure if Disney would release them or if Fox still has the rights, but whichever one does, as long as they try to make them look like they did in the theatrical versions, I'll, I'll rebuy them. But, but these here, like they are significantly different from the versions that are available today. I'm not going to feel bad about owning a fan edit when I own three versions of the same film. You you can't make me feel bad about that. I have bought your exactly. same bullshit three times. I have bought it in three different decades. No, I'm not going to feel bad about having a fan edit. And there are fan edits out there of uh, the prequels, and I think I have. I think that's one of some of the stuff that I have that's technically I shouldn't own. And it's like, I'm not going to feel bad about that. I own your legit releases, and if I own your legit releases, I can own fan edits as well. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Not to drag this on, but uh, another thing is there are studios out there that, uh, that flat out refuse to release their movies. Lionsgate is a prime example. They uh, – I follow all of these – Boutique Blu-ray labels. I I am a diehard fan of these small indie labels that are not labels, but studio companies that are releasing that license these movies and then release them onto Blu-ray. And there's there are certain studios, the big dogs, that flat out refuse to license their movies to companies like Screen Factory and Arrow and Vinegar Syndrome and Code Red and all these these smaller labels that collectors want. Lionsgate is one of the worst offenders in that they are sitting on a treasure trove of uh, of back catalog greatness, and they just simply refuse to release them. And I'm talking like I don't even think a lot of these you can even stream. They're just if you want to watch them, buy them on DVD. They might be out of print, but buy them on DVD or whatever. And I I don't get the logic in that. Like you can at least make some money. By licensing them out, because right now, like, there's a lot of collectors that are buying like, and paying premiums for these remastered, going back to the original camera negative and remastering these really low budget movies. Arrow and Grindhouse, all these studios are doing this, and it's like, it's hard for me to fathom why a studio like Lionsgate wouldn't go and say, okay, here's our catalog, here's the price that you, that if you're willing to pay for these movies, here's what. The price is. They don't even. It's it's non negotiable. I'm, I'm, like, I'm not. I'm not uh, accepting the excuse of cost, because I know that yeah. a lot of the films we're talking about. Well, the ones we've all mentioned have been very big mainstream movies, but the real ones that we're really after are kind of niche titles. They're they're small. Yes. They're only appealing to a very small percentage of the populace. Whatever the film going cinema nerds. That's fine. There is a model out there that you can still make money on. That tell them. We will do a printing of this. Here is the cost. Get your pre-orders in by this date, and then you will have the movie. And then everybody who wants it can go out there and pre-order it, and then you, if you get a thousand people or a hundred, then you can go out and print that many copies and send it to them, and it's, it's, you could still make money. It's not, I don't accept that cost isn't, uh, being the issue. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. I, yeah, I, I know. I, I don't. I don't. And we live in a weird age now, where it's like everything's streaming, and it seems like things are going away from physical media. But at the same time, I think that physical media for a certain crowd is very, very popular, and that is the collector. I'm a collector, and I'll pay a premium for certain movies 
certain movies that I that it's amazing when you buy the Blu-ray and you watch and you're like, this movie is you know it's a cheap, low-budget old movie, yet it is phenomenal on Blu-ray. It looks so good, and it's like it's it's bringing it to a whole new audience for for. The year that it's released now, if that makes sense. I don't know why. Yeah, yeah, it does. I got you. I, I totally know what you're talking about. That's what this whole show is designed around, is finding and digging up movies from the 70s, 80s, old, you know, yeah. older stuff. I mean, there are a million podcasts out there that will tell you about the shit that just came out this weekend and have their review right up front, ready to go, and that's great. I listen to those, too, but it's it's – I'm not tr- – we want to be something different. I want to dig up those yeah. ones that are lost to time. And shine yeah. a light on them, and I've got yeah. a few of them on my list from. <laughs> and so, so do I, which will be in recently watched, which ties directly into, I, and it's a it's a movie from my childhood, and I don't want to get too much into it now because it'll be recently watched. But it was just like taking me right back to my teen years. I have not seen it since VHS days, and boom, here it is on a beautifully remastered Blu-ray from Scream Factory that I was able to watch. I'm like, wow. I, this is so cool to watch this movie again, and I, you know, we have people older than us that are constantly telling us you need to watch this movie or that movie or whatever. I remember watching it in the theater, and it's like, well, that came out ten years before I was born. You know, I had no option to go watch it. I'll okay, I'll I'll give it a watch now, and that's what I want to do for the younger generation. You know, people younger than us. Yeah, I remember watching cool. this in the theater. Let's check it out. I, let's move into shit we've watched. If you're done with the rabbit okay. trail, the random yes. piracy yes. stuff, but. Anyway, I thought that was interesting. I wanted people to know kind of where I stand on the on the piracy thing. I'm I'm pretty hardcore against it, but at the same time, if it's something that you can't get, get that shit any way that you can get your hands on yeah. it. And to hell with them, because if they they can make their money as soon as they release it. Yep, and I am I I am I have never been this much of a collector uh, as I am now. I am such a diehard uh, Blu-ray collector. It's like it's to me, it's almost like the ultimate physical home media uh, ever, ever, because these movies look as good as they did in theaters, if not better. And it's it's like the golden age of the collector is right now. It is, so. but it's also different because I was collecting a lot more, uh, I, I was a lot more frisky with my buying during VHS and DVD days because it was like, Growing up, we never knew when we'd ever see these movies again. We watched them in the theater, and if we were lucky, in two years they'd be on TV, and that was it. And you could maybe record it, and uh, you know, and that was it. And now, yeah. you know, then it was like we we're seeing shit on VHS and DVD. It was like, oh, buy that shit now because you might not ever see it again. We still had that mentality, and it's it, now it's totally different because I used to just collect for quantity because it's like now I got this shit to watch, and now I've gone away from that, and I only collect from stuff that I know that I'm going to want to have in my vault. And yeah. I, at this point, I'm doing everything. I don't care if it's Laserdisc, DVD, um, not really doing VHS so much, unless I would find a copy of one of the movies I'm going to talk about. Um, <laughs> uh, and, yeah. and Blu-ray, obviously. The Blu-ray looks the best, but I'm still... I've come back to DVD a little bit, because I can... Some of the movies that I watch, I'm like, that was a good movie and I really liked it, but I didn't love it. I liked it enough for it to be a DVD in my collection, but not a Blu-ray, because I still have a decent enough setup that a DVD looks good. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Okay, yeah, let's move I on to recently it. watched. Um, okay. And oh, ugh, I feel like I'm talking too much again this episode, and it's... Anyway, it's interesting stuff, oh. but I'm, I'm first up. Uh, I'll do a short round, and then we'll get into the good stuff. Okay. 
uh, Hammer movies, part three. I think we're on to part oh, three. Oh boy, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Double header, real quick. Vampire Circus. Now this is the shit I was promised with just <laughs> nice gore and nudity and hammer and silliness and dated and <laughs> uh, gyrating, gyrating <laughs> lion women. <laughs> I had a lot of fun with this movie. Uh, not much to be said. This this was a very entertaining kind of 70s horror movie. Um, next up, uh, Twins of Evil, a.k.a. Uh, Cleavage, the movie. Uh, <laughs> yep. Okay. <laughs> Did you, do you... Yes, Cleavage, the movie. Now with uh, see-through shirts and... Uh, I was like, hmm, still, still not getting overly crazy on the nudity front. Then there was some. There, there was some. Hey, finally, but uh, maybe thirty seconds in the whole movie. <laughs> uh, but there was still, they were cool vampires, and there was a really cool vampire death at the end of, uh, by the spear, and he did the de aging thing. So yes, round three of Hammer was uh, quite successful. Uh, I think I didn't. I'm not going to say that I was head over heels in love with either of them, but I definitely liked Vampire Circus. Uh, more than Twins of Evil, but they were both very entertaining. Uh, thumbs up. I enjoyed them. Cool. Over to you. Okay, so for me, oh boy, do I want to do, do I want to get something old or, um, let me just see here. I'm glad you were preparing so much during that tirade of, of Hammer movies that went on. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh, here, here we go. Um, I'm waiting patiently. Okay, so the movie that I was talking about on VHS was this movie called The Destroyer. And it's a double header with, uh, with, uh, Anthony Perkins in it. And it's a, it's a two, it's a two pack, not two pack, but two movies on one disc from Screen Factory. Um, The Destroyer and Edge of Sanity. Starring Anthony Perkins. And The Destroyer I watched back when I was in high school. Uh, it's a slasher movie. And it was, I remember it being really, really good. And then it vanished. It like literally vanished. So I kind of forgot about it. And then Scream Factory released it again. And I, I just watched it. I bought it uh, off of eBay for like something from like, for like 13 bucks. And, uh, I, I'm like, wow, I forgot how cool this movie is. And it's like, it's 80s slasher lost gem. And, uh, and Edge of Sanity is a, uh, uh, what the story? Um, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, it's the classic story. Uh, bear with me here for a second. Cause I, I watched it on VHS as well, but I, um, Dr. Jekyll. Dr. Oh, okay. Mr. Hyde. Gotcha. Yeah, yes. So it's that story, but it's Anthony Perkins. Mm. So, uh, anyway, but, Again, it's so cool to see this movie remastered. And, uh, in fact, the only version that Scream Factory was able to get their hands on was, uh, uh, before the movie was retitled Destroyer, it was named another name, which I, I, it escapes me right now, but it was titled another name. And the only version that they released on Blu-ray was this alternate title. That's the only elements that they had to make it. So it was just really cool to see, like, the intro. It did not say The Destroyer. It was some, you know, some random uh, other title. title, but yeah, but, but Lyle Alzado is this wrong, not wrongfully. He's an executed murderer that comes back from the grave to kill a bunch of uh, film crew people at this old abandoned prison. And it's, it's a cool movie. Uh, and it's like, I, it's so 
cool to see this movie on Blu-ray. And when I watched it, I'm like, wow, this looks really, really good for a movie that is so low budget and old. Um, and I'm sure that the same is going to apply to Edge of Sanity, which I believe that Anthony Perkins, if I remember correctly, um, he becomes uh, Dr. Jekyll. Which is the bad guy? Is it Hyde or Jekyll? I don't know. I think oh, I think man, Hyde. That's embarrassing. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I think so. okay. So whichever one is the bad guy, he becomes the bad guy when he uh, when he smokes opium and snorts cocaine. <laughs> Seems reasonable. And then he becomes yes. He then then he becomes this serial killer, uh, murdering prostitutes and stuff. I'm. I, I, it seems perfectly legitimate to me. Anyway, so there you go. <laughs> uh, okay. I, anything else you want me to go on? You want to do another no, one? <laughs> no, that's it. Uh, the Witch. You have long yes. been longing oh, for my review of The Witch. And, uh, whoo, here is an artsy fartsy, horrible piece of garbage shit that I'm going to talk about. I'm totally kidding. This movie ruled best movie of the year so far. <laughs> Did I give you a small heart attack? Because I was hoping to. Uh, <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Uh, no, no, no. I give this movie high praise. This was an excellent film. Uh, I mirrored nearly everything you said about it. I do have some questions, though, and uh, okay. we'll go spoiler on this. So everybody yes, has up. Yes, I, I want to. We've both seen it. So if you haven't seen this movie, spoiler, spoiler, we're going to talk about it. Uh, I did ask you long ago when you first watched it, is there an actual witch in this movie? And you said, yes, absolutely beyond doubt. And watching it, that is the impression for out, uh, throughout the, for out, throughout ma the majority <laughs> of the film. But, mm, I don't know. It's still. Really? Th there is still the possible theory that it was just black. Philip, aka Satan, manipulating their minds and doing all that stuff, and to okay. get because she is the witch. You know who I'm talking about. Oh yes, so it could be well, construed that just the girl is the the little girl is the witch, and that he wanted to recruit her because we don't. So you're saying I'm saying that mm -hmm. we don't actually ever see the witch interact with the family. We don't ever see her at the meeting of all the witches at the end. Okay. I mean, because, well, I guess the only possible spot would be in the barn with the kids. Yeah. She went, okay. But that could have been Black Adam manipulating him because he was in the room. But what about, like, the, the hare and the uh, the crow? Like, okay. the animals? Like I've I seen it once. You've seen it more than me. Uh, hare, yeah. hare and crow. Okay, so when the uh, the dad and the boy are out hunting, there's a hare, and that hare slash rabbit. A rabbit. Is, I, I'm right. thinking like yeah, hare. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, yeah, like, but I uh, I took that as the animals are being are are a part but of that could this be, coven. That could be Black Adam manipulating it, or it could be the coven. But you know what I'm? Do you understand what I'm saying? Maybe yeah. not. I'm, I'm just I'm it. It presents itself in a way where there is one the witch and that's the bad guy, but I it, there is also another path that you could take where there is no witch, it's just the devil, and the witch is actually the title for the girl, the little girl. Okay, because she joined. No, I know, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, uh, yeah. At the end, I is, do think that there's a coven of witches, though. I, no, I, no, there I is a coven do... of witches, but the Black Adam recruiting them to all meet at this place. It wasn't like they showed up there and there was the mean old hag. That they had yeah. seen before or whatever. 
Does that make sense? It's it. Yeah. Trust me, I know no. it's a reach, and I'm not saying <laughs> I'm not saying one way or the other. It doesn't matter. Either way you want to take it, I don't give a shit because it's a good movie. And poor poor Adam, because it's it's Black Phillip, not Black Adam. <laughs> what? <laughs> You've been calling calling the 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 goat Black Black Adam, and I'm like, oh, it's Black Phillip actually. No, I've been saying Black Phillip. <laughs> good luck with editing. Oh. No, I'll edit it, but if it has nothing to do with Adam, it has to do with, uh, I know, I Black know, Adam. I'm just no, no, saying. Black Adam is, a, is a, is the villain to, it's a superhero character. It's a, oh. it's a comic book character if I have been saying Black wow. Adam. Wow. Yes. Yeah, you, you have. But you started with Black Phillip, so okay. there you go. But, Whatever. Who but, gives a shit? Black um, Adam, Black Phillip, yeah, the fucking goat. Yeah. Yeah. No, see, but I thought that it, what was cool was that she was genuinely trying, like, the girl was genuinely trying, like, she was having these temptations and was genuinely trying to do the right thing. But it seemed like, like, because of that, Satan really honed in on her. And, like, and at the end, you see what happens, I, like, Everybody had a sin. I didn't really feel like she was all that tempted. I didn't feel like she was struggling with temptation. Oh, she does her prayer in the beginning and just dealing with the twins and... she. I mean, she has struggles, but I didn't feel like she was struggling with temptation or being tempted by any sort of black... I feel like Black Adam Philip was uh, steering things <laughs> in such a way as to uh, um, manipulate her into where he wanted her to go. Hence making her the witch like she was maybe more powerful in the coven or something or she was meant to lead it or yeah. some shit was that ending not just creepy as all hell i was kind of I... mad when it was over i was like don't end here don't end here give me something more and not because i was mm. like not liking the ending i was just because i was like come on more more yeah. I'm like, give me yeah no i i got and that's a good complaint actually i Ooh, that movie just creeps me out, Ugh. and it, I think the the fact that they're, it's so bleak and uh, and hopeless. I did, the whole I, movie is hopeless. Yeah, didn't feel this way. Didn't feel like it was bleak, and oh. didn't feel like it was hopeless. And that just shows how movies affect people different. Because the whole way through, I'm like, oh, it's just didn't creep bleak. Didn't, I mean, it, did it creep me out? Uh, yeah, I, I wasn't terribly terrified throughout most of it or anything. I yeah. I, I was just fascinated by the story and where it's going yeah that's cool i i like that yeah it seems like we had a very different take on kind of how things but know. still really very much enjoyed it yeah uh the creepiest part was when black adam philip uh, uh, dropped the goat form and walked around talking and was like oh Yes. So we are dealing with Satan here, and yes. damn that goat. Oh, that was... I did cringe hard when he speared Dad. Oh, I know. Yeah, he... that that Therefore, at that point, he went from from Black Adam to Black Gary. Oh, you then just it was said Black, Black Gary. Yeah, I know. I did it on purpose. Okay. Black Gary. Yes. He's Black Gary now. Yeah. That's, <laughs> we've got a title for the episode, Black Adam Gary yeah. Philip. <laughs> Nobody knows what the fuck we're talking about anymore. Oh, I know. Even... Yeah, I... Oh, I'm too obsessed uh, with comic books and comic book movies, and you think I'm talking about my friends? Because wh why would I think of Adam? Like, I'm I don't calling know. him. I'm not sure where Adam came that's from. Just, but, yeah. no, that's, that's the only Adam you know. So you're like, that's him. Yeah. Oh, by the way, did you did you pick up on the whole apple scene in the movie? Did did that? Again, like, I watched that... it once, and um, okay, my very first re uh, viewing was very similar to your first viewing, where you're like, I had to turn on subtitles. 
about halfway through, I turned on the subtitles mm-hmm. just because they were talking kind of fast. And I was like, I, I feel like there's stuff I'm missing. I just want to kind of flip it on and make sure. And then I left it on for the rest of the movie because I really enjoyed the way they were speaking. And, and uh, it was old English, but not and kind of ye King's English, but not. Oh, I know. So it was a very good combination. I, I, it felt very natural for the time, and I really appreciated. it. I have no idea if that's actually how people spoke back then, but it yeah. worked for me. Man, and it's weird, how, like where we come from. It's like that's to an extreme, but it's like there's some old school, like low order Amishy type stuff with their mindset going on. Not too far yeah. off, yeah, yeah. So the devil is in anyway. everything. Anything that we, yeah, don't lie. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, moving on. Uh, (laughs) yes. Back to you. Okay. So, um, Luther the geek. (laughs) What? I don't even know what that is. (laughs) Um, as a young child, Luther the geek witnesses a band of men goading a geek, a, which is a man who bites off chickens heads and drinks the blood into performing. And um, basically, he watches uh, this this kid. This kid watches this guy bite the head off the chicken in order to get some uh, some booze. And then years years later, he is himself a geek, and he uh, goes around biting people's necks. Back to you. What a fascinating <laughs> film! I what uh, I need a year on that one. Okay, the year is nineteen ninety. This is actually uh. a. Trauma. Oh, no way. <laughs> uh, this movie actually does have two reasons that I brought, I talk about this movie is one, one, this should be on Soft Underbelly, but it is, there's a, such a gratuitous nudity scene in this movie. It's like, okay, I get it. And then it goes on and on and on. I'm like, huh? It's just constant, like this, this long, constant nudity scene. I'm like, this is officially starting to feel like it's padding the runtime, this scene here, which is kind of. Oh, no. Lloyd Kaufman was off in the corner, just slowly yeah. jerking it off. Just, yeah. No, no. Keep going. Keep going. Find the character. Uh, oh. Yes. Uh, and then, and then, so this, there are a couple of really gruesome neck wound bite scenes in the movie. And it's actually kind of a cool premise for a slasher movie that it's a guy that has these, like he has these fake teeth, like jaws from the, the uh, Roger Moore bond movies. So he's <laughs> I was got gonna those say teeth jaws going to say jaws 3d or jaws four, oh, because you were watching. Uh, jaws movies. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so there's some good special effects in yeah. there. But it's yeah, it, the movie isn't good. But you whatever. already said it's trauma uh, once. You don't need to say it twice. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but uh, it ends in a barn, and it goes on. So there's like there's the beginning, which is cool, and then there's uh, a long sex slash nudity scene, and then the rest of it pretty much takes place in a barn, a chase scene in the barn. I'm like, okay, now let's get out of the barn now, guys. <laughs> Nope. Nope. Um, but I will say this about the movie. The cover of the – now, Vinegar Syndrome released this on Blu-ray, but the old Troma uh, version, the cover of it – I ha- this is great. Uh, the tagline is, a movie with a foul bite. 
Waka waka. Boy, they waka. they love their chickens and shit, don't they? Oh, yeah, the, 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 turkey. Yes. What was the Thanksgiving oh, sing along? Poultry geist. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Wow. I guess yes, so. Luther the chickens' geek. lives are cheap and they're expendable. Is that is that what I'm yes. getting at? <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. So I my recommendation for you is to watch it as soon as you can. I promise I might. Um, okay. <laughs> uh, back over to me. Uh, now, this is one I've been teasing about through this whole episode. Uh, I have quite a history with this film, and I've I've only seen it once, and that was today. But I've wanted to see it for a long time, and I'll admit it. It's because the cover of the uh, poster and the VHS is very pervy. It. I'm going to see if I can describe the cover, and you tell me the title of the movie. It is a woman with a skimpy black dress. She only you only see her back. It's and she has her hands up against a green wall. Four letter word. Jade. Jade, from director William Friedkin. I have every time I have seen this on a rental shelf, I'm like, what is that? I should maybe watch that, and then I don't. And doesn't it star David Caruso? David Caruso. This ah, I this knew thing it. has a hell of a cast. I didn't even know it was a William Friedkin movie. I I just it popped up on Netflix and I was like, you know what? I've been looking at this thing for yeah decades. I I need to watch it. So I hit play, and oh it's boy. uh, it's a good movie. This is this oh cool. This really? is a slice of '90s mystery thriller that only the '90s could produce. It's kind of gory here and there. It's got really good actors. Michael Bain, character actors. Uh, Caruso is good. Uh, oh, what's her name? I want to say Forlani, but that's not it. Uh, as the girl doing the, the thing. Oh, Linda. I'm on Florentino. IMDb. Linda. Yeah. Yep, that's it. Oh, wow. Jo- uh, Joe Esterhaus. So the guy that Chaz Palmentary uh, is also in Damn, this. Damn, this is a good Joe cast. Esterhaus I've never seen this movie. It very much has a basic instinct kind of feel that Joe Esterhaus always writing a bunch of kind of sexual undertones into his scripts. You haven't seen it? No, not to my knowledge. You know, when you're ready for a slice of that 90s kind of thriller, sexy thriller, give it a watch. I, I completely enjoyed watching this movie. It was nice to, and, and Friedkin, wow. I'm more and more enjoying Friedkin's work because he's an old school director, but he's like a straight up director. It's no, none of this twisty shit where you're like, well, it's kind of twisty, but it's, it's not that, that M night Shyamalan thing that it seems like when he did Sixth sense, everybody now is like, okay, what's the big twist that I never saw coming in a million years. And they got away from that nineties feel of, a mystery where it's like just watching it develop along the way of a cop procedural. And I was like, I don't know where it's going, but I'm interested. Who's going to turn out to be the bad guy? And oh, that's cool. I kind of suspected them and neat. I enjoyed it all the way through. Very competently shot. The score was great. Uh, A lot of interesting plot developments along the way. It's interesting sexual undertones throughout the thing, but nothing Mm. like overtly like pornographic or anything. Good movie. Having said that, having said that, I'm on IMDb here, and they're actually the Netflix version is the R-rated theatrical well, version. Well, now wait, that's what I've been teasing throughout this thing. The only unrated director's cut version with the 12 extra minutes was on VHS go. and can, was never released on DVD or Laserdisc, though they had planned editions for that, and they just, because of poor sales, because this thing bombed, it cost $50 million to make, and its final theatrical run was about five. 
not good, but it's a no. fine film. I, I liked it. I liked it, and I think you would enjoy it as well. I just going into it with the right perspective. Gotcha. Cool. Oh, that's another. It's, that's it's, funny it's, that you bring that up because I saw that on Netflix. I'm like, ooh, hey, another one to add to the list of movies that should not be judged until we get that director's cut. Yep. And right. it, it was still a very solid, way more solid than that last uh, Friedkin one that was on the roulette with the serial killer stuff and the changing the ending. Do you remember that one? Yes. It, it yes. was way more solid than that. This was a very solid Friedkin film. And you know what his films cool. look like. They have a very oh, realistic yes. A, B, C, D, follow the story along. It, it's good. I'm right there with you. I like his movies. Yeah. I think you dig it, man. I really do. I'm cool. surprised you haven't watched it though. I thought I. I know. I, you know, I and <laughs> I mean, I, I seriously that came out when I was actually still working at Video Connection in Millersburg, and I'm like, maybe I saw that on on VHS. But I seriously reading the synopsis, looking at, it, I'm like, I don't think I did. I think that one literally just flew under the radar for me. Now there was another one, um, I think that was written by that Joe Esterhouse, uh Sliver. Yeah, I, I think own was, that movie. Okay, okay, so. Jade came after that, I think, and I just, I didn't watch it. Mm. So, anyway. Sliver was a little more abrasive in its tone, but that did, Was it good? I, I don't remember anything about it. It was okay. It. It's one of those that you're like, I should watch that again. As I think Sharon Stone and one of those, uh, hmm, Baldwin brothers, and maybe, maybe that's yeah. something, and then you go watch it, and you're like, eh, it's okay. okay. Yeah. But it's, it's, it doesn't have Friedkin's touch of that old school seventies feel. And even though it's a nineties film, it still was in that wheelhouse of nineties film where they were being aggressive with their R ratings. You know what I mean? Oh yes. And basic instinct kind of kicked that off with the, and even uh, silence of the lambs back in 1990. It's like, that was, that was an R rated movie. And that's where the nineties was a success for me was in the drama thriller category. Yeah. Uh, the fugitive Harrison Ford, that's good shit. That's good shit. And I, I'm, I'm, I need to watch that movie again. It's been too long. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. I haven't seen that thing since. I don't. Need, I don't know if I've seen The Fugitive since the VHS. Oh days. shit! I've watched that movie a dozen times. I just haven't watched it in a dozen years. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, one more round for me, and then I'm done. So go ahead. Okay. Uh, that um, gives you two. Oh, okay. So, um, oh boy. So I, uh, I screened a movie. Um, that is going to be getting a uh, a limited theatrical release, I believe. And um, the movie is and, and what's funny is that I I uh, I had heard about this movie from a podcast that I listened to, and it was just kind of in passing. And then I had the opportunity to watch the movie uh, to screen this movie, and so I did. And the movie is called The Greasy Strangler. <laughs> From 2016. You sent me the, the trailer. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I have um, almost, I have almost never seen a movie like quite like this. And and most of the way through, I'm like, this is awful. But having said that, I can't quit thinking about the movie. And that's a good thing. That That's, that's, a, that's a good thing. Like, I'm looking forward to watching this movie again sometime. I can't possibly fathom that you will like it, but someday you should watch this movie. You should watch uh, 17 uh, DC animated films. Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. 
it's so undescribable. And I'm like, I, the, the, and I'm trying to, in my mind, I'm trying to compare it to movies. And so I'm like, okay, so. That was the problem. Because gum- you said it's kind of like Gummo a little bit. And I was like, oh, one of the very few movies of maybe, maybe two or three movies in my lifetime I've given a zero to. Like zero? Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Yeah, Gummo crossed with a trauma movie. <laughs> That's the first time ever I gave a movie a negative score. Yeah. <laughs> but it's so, it's like, it's so hard to describe this movie. It's so unique. It truly is unique. Um, and I'm going to, doesn't mean it's good. Up. Yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> uh, Ronnie runs a disco walking tour with his son, Braden. When a sexy woman take, and by the, by the way, uh, by, when a sexy woman, not sexy woman, takes the tour, it begins a competition between father and son for her love. It also signals the arrival of an oily strangler who stalks the streets at night. There are a lot of large phalluses in this movie. Lots of long, jingling balls and dicks. And, uh, and other body parts. And fake CGI, or not fake, not CGI, fake, fake uh, effects, and then old dudes. Talk slower and sexier. Don't mind me. Continue. Go on. (laughs) Um, So, like, (gasps) if if you're, uh, if you think that, like, and I do, I, I think this is sexy, but like <sighs> a really old wrinkled raisin man standing in a car wash, um, butt naked with a really long penis standing like facing the camera and the, you know, the, the big brush things are going around and he's, and he's shaking himself all over and you know, dick swinging. If that's in slow motion, if that's your idea of this is solid filmmaking, check out the greasy strangler. I I, ah. I kind of just want to end the show because I haven't masturbated this furiously in like since <laughs> since I was twelve. I don't. Oh, and masturbation is in the movie, and no um, way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go figure. Um, that was the um, intro. <laughs> and there's also a lot of um, uh, what's the line that they repeat throughout the entire movie? Uh, bullshit. Artist. Oh, so the father and son, they repeat throughout the entire movie, you're a bullshit artist. No, you're a bullshit artist. No, you're a bullshit artist. No, you're a bullshit artist. Now, repeat that probably a hundred times, and somewhere in there is a movie that was filmed and made, and so there you go. Back to you. I'm, I gave it I'm just, I keep, I keep on talking. Just, I'm just cutting all this shit right yeah. on up. <laughs> Yep, I gave it three and a half stars. <laughs> hey, you know what? I've given uh, Anomalies of Cinema a thumbs up, uh, even if I don't like them, because it's like there is nothing that's like this, and at least somebody's pushing the envelope or, or trying, uh, trying to do something different. I'm not hearing that same this is damn some, story yeah, all yeah, the time th- over and over. And uh, you know, granted, I tend to uh, like it better when it's a mystery thriller with a transgender person who happens to be the star or something. Like, of that nature that we haven't seen <laughs> yes. before, instead of, you know, flagging your dick into a car wash and, you know, hoping that, I don't know what, <laughs> you're getting the, the hot wax treatment on your taint. Oh, yeah. 
I've never seen anything like it. I mean, and lots of pink shirts. What um, does that have to do with anything? <laughs> uh, you watch the movie and you tell me. I don't know. But uh, I seriously, I, I've never seen anything quite like this. And every ounce of my being wants to hate the movie. But I'm like, damn, I want to watch that again sometime. Yeah, you will. That's, that's a barking up your alley. <laughs> Oh, it's so ugh, and dirty and gross and not funny, but hilarious. And uh, I'm going to shut up now. <laughs> That's my favorite review I've ever done. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, last one for me, and then I'll I'll kick back to you for one more. Okay, this was tomorrow. Uh, this is mm-hmm. a. Uh, it is a documentary, but I use that term loosely in this. Uh, and this account, because it's a documentary about a music festival in Belgium. Generally, it's been in Belgium, uh, called Tomorrow or Tomorrowland or something uh, to that effect. Uh, electronic music festival. I'm going to get the numbers wrong here on the beginning, but the, the first year they said they had a couple thousand people and then they just celebrated their 10 year anniversary and they had 320,000 people. Okay. That's yeah, a nice. lot of people. Uh, Yep, I like Again, that. before I die, I want to go to an electronic music concert. I it just seems like they don't come around really? here or something. Oh, I, this this movie is right up your alley. You have to watch this, please. And it's only like 75 minutes long. It's short. You will love it. It will work your sound system like oh, it will work your sound system to death. And even most of the music is styles I'm not super into because there's so many different uh, subgenres in electronic music. This is definitely more housey, whereas I'm more chill, trancey. Okay, I know you're just like, oh, I'm falling asleep already, listening to your. No, no, no. I, I'm. I hang with me for a like, second. So it's, like, it's, por- kind of like Portishead type. No, style? that. Well, me, yes, but that's not what this is. More like party, uns, uns, uns. But it's not. You know, back in the day when we, when I was more concert goy. Uh, electronic music was that. It was uns, 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 uns for 10 minutes. And that's a track. They break it up more now these days. And, and it's not that, you know, they got the, the dubstep and the Skrillex and the, you know, they change it up. They got these weird things in there that break up the monotony of what it used to be when I was a super concert goer. So now okay. I'd like to go, but huh. this thing is a party for its entire runtime. You have to see this. There is a gigantic party going on over in Europe that we have just not been to. It, and we'll never no, go to. <laughs> it's an entirely different scene. I mean, this was us in our 20s. These people are all on drugs. You can tell. Because yeah. you and I, we're drunkers. It's, we would be unconscious in an hour, and this is like a three-day party. <laughs> wow. But you have to watch this because it's like getting the light version of the trip without uh, having to actually go. It's fascinating. It's amazing. It looks like so much huh. fun, and it's getting me back into music, which is a good thing. Since my last band, I haven't been much into music, but the electronic scene is getting me back into it again. I, I really love this kind of music. Uh, again, the stuff, the, the artists that they're showcasing here, I have a lot of respect for. Uh, Armin Van Buren, I uh, reviewed his doc a couple episodes ago. He is he yep. is on the tour here. I really like his stuff. Um, that was like the hour-long documentary that you were like, you got to check that out. Yeah, something like that. It, it, that, okay. that one was interesting. This one is better than that one. Okay. Oh, this wow. is the one that you okay. need to watch right here. Okay. Because of 
because it's about this festival that they put on every year, you will enjoy the tone of this more. And it's not electronic music throughout the entire movie. Okay. It's, they, they show little bits to like showcase the artists uh, a hair, but it's more about the experience. So you, you will enjoy it on that front. Uh, now, wh- where I hesitate to call it a documentary is because it's, <laughs> it's borderline Michael Bay edited. Quick cut, quick cut, quick cut. Fast, 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 fast. Just party, 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 party. Have fun. That's it. It's so it's not so much it, okay borderline documentary, but <laughs> but it's a ton of fun, and you should absolutely check it out. Even as a borderline fan of that kind of music, you will enjoy the shit out of this, and I think it will make your subs go so haywire they'll wake up your kids. Oh, it, it, it sounded amazing. Even even for the artists where I was like, eh, it's not quite my style. They only show like a minute of it and then they move on to somebody else. So it wasn't. So how many how many artists do you think were shown? I mean, we're talking about a three day festival with multiple stages. Wow. Ozfest okay. times three. But and but they squeeze it all into 70 minutes. So it's go, 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 cut, 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 which can, you know, it it can be a little obnoxious, but it it didn't bother me. And it was just a fun movie. I just wanted to drink and dance while I was watching. It was like, this is great. Everybody's together and everybody's feeling the vibe. And it's just a seeing that many people in one place is almost overwhelming. We'll see it tomorrow in Cleveland. There'll be a million people in the streets of Cleveland. It's going to be fantastic. And, uh, yeah, (laughs) genius. Uh, I got it. Uh, back to you for one more round. Of re- <laughs> give me one more thing that isn't about a geek or a greasy strangler. <laughs> oh yeah, okay. One more. One well, more let's go. We'll let's go it. more mainstream. This you got time. about a minute um, until we turn okay. into pumpkins. Um, yeah, damn it. Oh, it's like Cinderella, except with ugly middle-aged yeah. dudes. <laughs> Congratulations! Uh, you made John- the opener twice in a, two weeks in a row. <laughs> Because that will be it. Okay, next. <laughs> Jaws 2, I Yes, guess. give me Jaws 2. Okay, uh, so I've been re-watching the Jaws movies because they just released, uh, they being uh, the studio, released Jaws 2, 3, and 4 on Blu-ray. Bought them all. And um, I'm just going to touch on Jaws Part 2. I will say this. After watching this movie numerous times, the last time I watched this was like a year ago on DVD, and uh, before that was, I've watched this movie throughout the years. This is, to me, one of my favorite sequels to a masterpiece movie. Jaws two genuinely holds up. Every time I watch it, I'm like, yeah, that that still holds up. That is a very admirable sequel to a flawless original. I think. I, no, I agree. I'm just trying not to interrupt. I interrupt so much. I'm. I, no, you're good. I, that, no, that I, scene where they're on the boat with the. Uh, the sailboat with the see-through kind of floor that you bounce on. Yes. That shit, it freaks me out. It's so tense. It's, it's, and it's so, the movie is, the movie itself is like two hours long and it's so fast paced. Like I'm never bored through the whole movie. It, It feels smaller than the original Jaws does for some reason. It's like, it's more once, okay, there is a great white shark. Oh, now there's a bunch of kids on the boats that are, capsized and here comes sheriff brody uh boom roll credits but so it's not as good as the first one but 
on its own, if this would just if if there would be no Jaws and it would be like this would have been the first Jaws, this would be a fantastic movie. I think I, from the seventies. I completely agree. It's a good movie. Who directed this, by the way? Uh, Jone Schwarz, I think. I man, I there was there were issues. <laughs> I believe that's pronounced like, not Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, yes, not Spielberg yeah. is who directed okay. this movie. But I, I think that there were. There was there were issues behind the scenes. I think with uh, when this thing got made, man. If that's the case, it's amazing, even more amazing that it came out as good as it did. Because I, I, I know, really like that movie as well. I haven't, I, I haven't seen it in at least a decade, but it's, I really liked it. Yeah, it's it's a great continuation, and it makes like logical sense uh, with with how things went with the first one. It's not like, well, why? Wait, what? There's another shark. I get that, but like, I don't want to get into parts three and four. Not it's it's getting too late, <laughs> and that's we're yeah. gonna that will be a riff for the next half hour. Lead us into coming soon, and whenever you're done with this. Oh yeah, yeah, coming soon. I'll have a couple gems here. Yeah, the greasy great white, <laughs> but uh, so Jaws two, check it out. It's worth the ten. I, I bought it for ten bucks on Blu-ray. It is worth every penny. It looks fantastic. It still holds up, uh, and it is a great companion piece to the original Jaws. It's not like Star Wars and Empire Strikes Back. Like, I think Empire Strikes Back is probably the best sequel of all time. But this is a very, very, very uh, big thumbs up, admirable sequel to a great original movie. I tend to go to Aliens for the better follow up for the. But oh damn! Yeah, you nah, there. Not yep. necessarily. Empire is a, a, a very worthy, if not. Worthy of the title of being that big a, a better improvement. Yeah. Anything else for Jaws 2? Nope, that's it. Okay, let's move on to coming soon and wrap this shit up. Um, Alright. I have one more review. I did review The Boys from Brazil on the Facebook page. Go check that out. We are constantly doing that every Tuesday, every Thursday, generating content that we don't need to review on the show. Um, Good movie. I... Worth a watch, at least one. That was a very that was okay. a very unique vision as well. That was something I've never quite seen before. Uh, as far as uh, coming soon, everybody's been raving about the new Netflix original series Voltron, the anim- anime. Uh, yes, I missed the original run uh, in the eighties because I kind of my window ended with uh, Transformers, and when I got to Voltron, I was like, it's animal robots so not transformers and i kind of was out even at the end of transformers oh. where they started turning into insects and shit i was like i'm done um so <laughs> didn't quite get it oh Voltron kicked ass i loved that show my friends online have been absolutely raving about this netflix series so i was like okay the boys were in the office come on dad i want to sit in the chair let's i want to hang out <sighs> okay watch this and so I hit play on the first episode and watched about 20 minutes of it. Holy shit. This is oh, really? awesome. And so I oh. am in and I am watching the Netflix original version of Voltron. Um, I know I've got other shit on my shelf and I've been promoting it like crazy, telling in the coming soon, saying I'm going to watch it. I just haven't got around to it. And I might be stuck on Voltron for this week because damn, that was sweet. Give it. Oh, the first cool. episode's like an hour long. It, let it fester for half an hour to really hook you. But the score music was, 
Oh, I loved it. Very simple, but amazing. And the very anime, but I loved it. I was in, man. Way better than the last movie I reviewed on the Facebook page, Mass Effect. Uh, it was no. like, it, similar themes of sci-fi, but this one has heart and this one has the science fiction that I am after. Whereas the Mass Effect one, it was like, eh, we're just kind of mailing it in. Here's some aliens and shit. It was like, yeah. Eh. Is it uh, what what age group would this be appropriate for? Uh, I've only watched half of the first episode, but so far I'd no. say PG ten. Mm, yeah, okay. n- not All necessarily right. kids. My kids were kind of like, "No, Dad, oh, this is kind of cool," but then they were bored in a minute. It's 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 okay. a little older. Okay, gotcha. So not necessarily for your kids. Um, okay, what do you got coming soon? Okay, I can't believe that. Oh, Damn it, I didn't have a chance to review uh, Dawn of the Dead remake because uh, I watched that one. I wanted to talk about that one. But I want to spend more time on that. Let's discuss Zack Snyder's directorial debut next week or next time we – Yeah, two weeks. Do the, okay, because I do want to talk about that a little bit more uh, just because you and I have a history with that movie. <laughs> yes, and yeah. running out of theaters uh, okay. with their promotional materials. Exactly, exactly. Uh, and Adam – in his Jeep and watching it from, yeah, yeah. We watched Dawn of the Dead it's, it's, together, it's, all of us. The Adam episode. Yeah, it is. <laughs> um, okay, so coming up soon is uh, the four pack Blu ray of the Airport series. Nice. I, what, yes. I don't even know if I've actually seen any of those movies. But, oh, really? Oh, the, again, like Jade, those are the ones that are on the wall. And I'm like, oh, shit, I should watch that. I don't know if I actually have seen any of them. I've, uh, I, I still have uh, Airport 75 to go, and then I'll have watched them all. So there's four of them on the uh, the Blu-ray set. So I've watched uh, the first Airport, and then Airport 77, and then Concord Airport 79. So I've still got Airport 75 to watch. Is that out of order, or was it a prequel? Uh, no, it's I watched them out of order. But you don't you don't have to watch them in the you know, order. It doesn't, <laughs> it's fine. Know, it's there's not a, a, a broad character arc for our airplane. They they all crash. Yeah. So good. <laughs> Spoiler alert, uh, I guess. First of the yes, seventies. Yeah. yeah. Um. Oh, and do I want to talk about Jaws 3D and Jaws the yes. Revenge? If that, that's yeah, your entire okay, lineup well, for the next episode, honestly, uh, the next regular episode that we have, we're not going to have a rabbit trail. It's just when we wait a two or three weeks, it's going to be your a review episode. Yes, in agree. So put Good. those things to the top of the of the next page for uh, the regular episode. Okay, okay. And I I gotta say I do have a good feeling about rabid dogs. I I everything about it it just it is getting good reviews and it's French. I like French movies and it's a remake of one of my favorite directors' movies. I I've got a good feeling about that. As it turns oh, into, I have a yeah. low expectations for the giver, but I am a sci-fi dork, and my uh, yeah. I am very <sighs> much less rewarded than the horror fan who can get away with uh, mm. cheap, low-budget bullshit. Whereas uh, the sci-fi, not so much. But we we will see. And there's one more that I'm going to hopefully be able to review on our next show. If not on our show, I will be reviewing it on Soft Underbelly, and that is Jim Wynorski's oh, no. Sorcerer. <laughs> Sorceress, starring Linda Blair. Ugh. So stay tuned, dear uh, softcore skin flick fans. <laughs> that review is coming soon. Can't wait. Break it down. Yeah. 
Okay, let's wrap this up because we are past okay. our time. Uh, Movie Freaks Pod is your keyword. Get a hold of us at yahoo.com for mail, facebook.com Movie Freaks Pod, and on the Twitter at Movie Freaks Pod. And please visit our friends, Cinema Soft Underbelly and Cinema Sidekicks. Uh, I believe that's going to do it for this episode. I'm Eric Marner. And I'm Eugene Weaver. We are the champions, my, my friend. We'll keep on fighting till the end of Thanks for listening.